0: Why do women still earn less money than men and hold fewer positions of power? The problem isn't cognitive capability. PISA 2018 shows that girls did better than boys on average in reading and science, and girls were only behind boys in math by 4 percentage points. Also, young women are far more likely to go on to university and complete at least a bachelor's degree. We think the problem lies elsewhere. It has to do with self-confidence, fear of failure, and feelings about competition. PISA 2018 found that girls fear failure more than boys did in just about every country that participated in testing. Girls also dislike competition more than boys do. Is this something that schools can do something about while children are still young? I'm Clara Young, and I work in the OECD's Education and Skills Directorate. Today, my guest is Margaret Pola, who founded a method of schooling in Iceland called Chakli. It has a pretty radical approach to breaking gender biases. So, Margaret, thank you very much
1: for speaking to us about the Chakli School. Well, I'm so happy to be here with you. Absolutely. I'm happy to give you all the information I can.
0: Wonderful. So, Margaret, can you describe for us when we walk into a Chakli School, what is it like? What do we experience?
1: Well, you can, you can come and visit a nursery from one year old, you can uh, visit our kindergarten or primary schools, and you will pretty much feel and see the same. The first thing most people uh, would see is boys, uh, seeing boys and girls in two different groups, for the maturity of the day. Okay, so for most of the day,
0: there are girls and boys are in different classes. Yes,
1: the maturity of okay. the day. But then you would also see that they are meeting up every day, training cooperation, training respect, and training to be, to be close and have friends from the other side. So what are girls doing in their separate classes? The strange thing is that probably you would see more or less both groups do the same in same kind of rooms with same kind of material and projects. But maybe they would do it in a little bit different way. You could come in and and the boys, they might be having their choosing time when they are choosing where they are going and what kind of activities they are going to enjoy you would probably hear a little bit more noise. Not surprising. And a little bit more of action maybe. But then you would see the girls in the same, in their room, the same surroundings. And probably you would at once see a little bit more of cooperation, more chat, not not noise so much. And maybe if they are working with blocks, you could see the girls making houses out of the blocks. And then they are playing, you know, the home play, the home game. I'm the big mama with babies and whatever. But the boys might be just building towers or fortresses. But they would be doing the same thing, experiencing the same. But they might do it in a little bit different way. Now... If they are doing
0: very similar things, what is the reason for separating them into
1: girls' classes and boys' classes then? This is just the first part of it. But number one, just by dividing them, we are seeing what we call automatic gain. You get what I'm, yeah, yes. you get me.
0: I mean, well, if you could go into it by by the, what you mean by automatic gain.
1: By automatic gain, I'm meaning that girls, they are really active and interested in working with blocks. And blocks are really important for them as a base for their structure thinking about this part of the brain, of their mathematic, you know, work. And according to researches, girls are not as interested in blocks as boys, but our girls are so interested in it. And you would also see our girls in special playrooms, where they can uh, enjoy just moving around and jumping and playing, something that boys would probably having would have the monopoly on. If you should have see both sexes, but but uh, the girls are so active there, and with the boys you would see boys all of a sudden. Surprisingly, they are helping each other. They are discussing more. They are helping the small boys, something they would not do with the other sex around.
0: So I have read that you have um, certain activities that you call gender compensation activities. Would the block building for girls be part of gender compensation activities or is it something that you would do anyway?
1: No. That would be in step two. Okay. Because just having single sex settings is quite not enough. And that's what we learned when I started 32 years ago without having any idea of what would happen. In my daily observations, I saw that that for the girls, it was not enough. They started to be what I later called in the pink haze. They started maybe to be a little bit too girlish. They started to, yeah, maybe excluding one friend, you know. They started talking a little bit behind the back of another. They started to control the teachers with crying and whining. And and we saw also with the boys that in, in their blue haze, They became too active. They became rule-breaking, too noisy, fighting. So that's when we... Then I started working with compensation work. And in the simplest way, then we are taking girls and training them, especially in what could be called individual qualities. Training girls, and that's a compensation work, talking direct, say what you mean. Instead of whispering, find your strength. Dare to climb on top of tables and jump down. Dare climb in trees and and scream, I'm here, you know. And for the boys, we saw the urge of teaching them positive discipline, how to walk in a row, in a line and taking turns and giving them words, positive words to use instead of fighting, teaching them how to use a sentence to avoid, you know, a conflict and They are sitting in a circle, they are massaging each other's hands and they are saying beautiful words of praise to each other and looking in the eyes. Boys start to avoid eye contact pretty early. You know, we could say in the Blue Haze we are helping the boys with social qualities, strengthening the social qualities for boys and the individual qualities for girls, trying to balance out right. with this compensation work. Mm. That is the second part, and that is not an automatic gain. Like we saw in the beginning, we had to add this, and the third step became a daily interaction. Okay,
0: so how much time did are they playing? Are they together, boys and girls?
1: In this third face, I would I could say it could be from half an hour up to maybe two hours a day. It depends on how it's going because the main goal of the cooperation and mixing them together is positive, really positive being together. A positive way of experience the other gender, you know. you started this method in nineteen
0: eighty nine. Now how did uh, parents react to it how did the kids react to your this method when you first started it
1: I got the idea in a, in a kindergarten where I was uh, working both as manager and and also working with children and, and I was um, I was newly graduated and uh, I was frustrated being an active feminist in all grassroots female Organizations in Iceland and somehow trying to find out how can I strengthening my how can I strengthen the girls and without losing the boys and I had tried so many things and again and again I was not happy so it was uh, an idea I got in a split of a second like a lightning in my head okay. You know, OK, Margaret Paula, the problem, the the boys are not the problem. They are just active and you need them. You need to discipline them just like you are doing. And the girls are not a problem at all. They are not a problem at all, even though they are backing sometimes and not speaking out loud. And maybe you are also OK as a teacher. It's all about the situation. You should not have them together always because you cannot focus sharply enough on boys or on girls so I just decided if I'm going to work with children I have to get the opportunity of trying to split them up and it took me two years to have a new kindergarten where I could start with these ideas and most parents and I think almost all teacher and teachers in Iceland they were not happy with me not at all they, th- they thought it would be such a step backwards. But parents that came in because it's pedagogy is much, much more than the single sex settings. We ended up being the most popular model in Iceland.
0: You're right. It's not just single sex settings. You also, you have your own textbook, or, or in fact, the, the children make their own textbook. You also have materials that are not gender specific. There's many aspects
1: to the method, isn't there? Exactly. You were so correct. And these open-ended play material we are using and the creative ways of making their own stories, their own books and so on. In the beginning, it was meant for creativity and imagination and turned out to be such a helpful way because by doing this, I didn't have any gender biased stuff, you know. And we are also working with visual calmness instead of visual noise. So we are not having displays all over our schools and kindergartens. So we are not having any gender biased displays. And we are even having school uniforms from the age of one up to 12. And we started doing that because we help it was such a such an help to avoid competition, constant competition, and give them all much more security, coming in in, in the same team, in the same uniforms, in the same everything, and also uh, much easier to them for them to participate in all the work. They didn't have to worry about their clothes. But then, of course, it was a miracle, coming to the gender issues. So at the end of the day, you could say that, that all the approaches we are using in our inner model is helping this core idea of equality. Are you in touch with uh,
0: students who came through your system? How have they been doing? Yes. Anecdotally, what, what are you seeing about how they're dealing with life in work? Is there
1: is there a different approach that you see? Well, we have seen something. For example, that... Children being with us up to 12 years old in a big survey with the comparison group in the municipality and in some questions even over the country, it showed that our children later on, they had better characters, they had better grades in all subjects. Uh, their social competence has been bigger or stronger. Their skills of working with others and so on stronger. Absolutely, uh, we have also seen that that their idea of what a man should do or what a woman should do is much much broader from, than in other children and girls. They are they are saying that their feeling is that they are stronger than their than their peers, same age and and gender, uh, saying that they are not afraid of speaking their mind and and taking leadership, so we have seen something, yes, we can see it
0: Iceland has ranked so high, I think first in gender equality in world rankings for almost a decade so yeah. I, how much can we attribute this to your method how many how many schools use your method is do most schools use your method or Has there been
1: influence in other schools who don't maybe use all of your method? In the very beginning, I was just thinking about the children in my care on my shift, so to say. It was never the idea of making some model or changing a nation. That was never my idea. Just working locally in my field with children and with equality as my passion in life. But I've been told that we have been provocative for many, many other schools starting to to use the method a little bit, at least in some subjects, changing them and uh, with a good result. And for example, in the nurseries, we could say that eight, nine percent of all kindergarten children they were in our kindergartens when I last year a few years ago. So we have been provocative and my hope is that we have at least helped some children a little bit out of their gender roles and maybe in believing more in themselves and being uh, more able to give their hand to others. It's, uh, there
0: is one thought that I have, though, is it's, it's an interesting paradox because in your method of breaking these gender stereotypes of boys being louder or more competitive and girls not wanting to um, be very, very loud themselves, that it kind of is based on certain gender stereotypes in order to break them. So it's an
1: interesting paradox. Yes. And I really thought about it. But my conclusion is because I have been working with children for 40, 35, 36 years. So every every single thing is based on hardcore experience. But my conclusion is that we are lifting up the gender. We're lifting it up to gain more understanding. And we are using the gender against the gender roles. Like this, we are not trying to have girls like boys, but we are helping them be in more individual a little bit more stronger and more able in competitions and so on at the same time we are we are helping the boys not to be like girls but we are helping them to accept their softer sides and being more emotional and daring to have feelings so we are helping them all coming more to the center of all human qualities now What does the teacher training, what does that consist of? How do you train teachers in your method? Well, we are having the same teachers coming from the same schools as every teacher in Iceland. We are a small nation, but what we do, our teachers, they learn by trained and experienced Kjadli teachers. They are learning by doing, they are learning by having their own group reacting to them And if you listen to children, if you listen to your old boys group, they will, in a way, tell you what they need. And the same is with the girls. But number one, we have been expanding in so many years, step by step, not too big. So we have trained people to teach the newcomers. That's the way we have. And that's the same with parents. Do you
0: think uh, your method could work in a country that has stronger
1: gender stereotypes? That's a good question. And I'm trying in a nursery or kindergarten in Glasgow, Scotland. And in Iceland, this debate on equality and boys and girls and gender and trans children and whatever, I mean, we have been having this discussion for such a long time. And it's no not a coincidence where we are located in the in the line of nations. Uh,
0: what, what do you mean? It's not a coincidence where you're located?
1: It's no, not a coincidence that Iceland is number one in the world in equality. Right, right. So... But in Scotland, I felt that the discussion is behind us. How how is it doing in Scotland? Uh, we are doing quite okay, but we are not using full force, uh, single settings as I would like. But we are using all other methods, and it, it's working really well. But people are much more sensitive than they are in Iceland now. They're afraid a little bit. Some of them, I meet people really afraid that. I mean, we should work for equality by having them all together at the same time with the same teachers, they're all together. And people even think that their boys or girls do not know that they are, they are a gender, you know. When did you open this school in, in Scotland? I think it's in Glasgow, isn't it? Yes, that's correct. It's three, uh, almost three years ago, but we closed for seven months because of COVID. So we had to start again from scratch. But this has been my, my work because I, I said to call my colleagues, and I would love to know before I'm too old if all our experience, especially with the youngest children, I mean, we do not have any role models. We have been learning by doing ourselves. And it has been hard, and I so want to know, could it help somebody else? That's why I'm doing it, and the need is absolutely there. Well, let's
0: let's see how it goes. We're all curious. Well, thank you very much, Margaret. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you for listening to us. I'm Clara Young. To find out more about the OECD's work on education and skills, check us out on Twitter, our handle is at OECD edu skills.